Lyceum, my heart. I was thinking about you yesterday as I was making a mask. I was thinking how to say this without being defeatist. But what if this is the end of us? Boom, I've thought that before. But what if, well, what if people think you're no more than a luxury item? And not just because you're beautiful. What if they say those words that make your heart sink, like, in the grand scheme of things, when push comes to shove, you're not exactly, not exactly saving lives, not exactly essential. What if they say those words and then turn away? Turn away to face their screens and watch great stories well told somewhere else because, well, because they need to. They need to feel better. We need to feel better. And, as well, maybe we need to not feel catastrophe in its own time because it's beyond us, like shock. Like the way extreme shock can numb your wounded legs and let you run until it's safe to feel the pain. And then, well, oh yeah. Maybe the very last thing we need right now is to know how we feel. Maybe what we really need is to know that it's going to end. And when. When. Because without the end, we're never safe. Never safe to see the wound for what it is. And cry the almighty cry. We can't cry yet. But it's in there, that thing that monitors your every day. I'm doing fine, thank you. I know this. That thing that cradles your fear, helps you sleep, pours you some wine, lets you laugh, yes, laugh, while it lurks. You know it can't stay down there forever. You know, sure as the whole day is light and dark together, you know it's lurking. Now and again, you'll feel its head rise to catch you off guard at the news of a kindness or a sadness spoken out loud by someone who has lost too much. Cry their heart. Too much to bury it for the safe day. Their safe day was yesterday. Or it will find you ironing a piece of cloth you found in a drawer, perhaps, buried there for one reason or another, never thinking that one day you would put it to good use. You bought it because you wanted to be beautiful. Remember? You bought it because every sunbather in Mombasa was draped in something like it. But it never looked quite right against your skin. Never looked quite as bright against a grey sky. Isn't that why you buried it? Isn't it? Your head will tilt as if to ask a question of it. The way your head tilts when it suspects an answer is almost within its grasp. Yes, there it is. And your knees buckle. Unbidden. You fall into midnight, the first end time. As you walk out of a hotel in Nairobi with the last receipt of the year. Or ever. And it explodes behind you. Boom. And Your body is transformed into a creature that stands perfectly still until the danger has passed. Time, well, time, does not pass. 
It divides itself into more and ever more slivers of itself, as your slow-motion brain stands silent witness to your body, riveted by tremor, rooted without understanding under a crumbling wall. Is this the end of us? I was making masks yesterday, because I wanted to protect people from harm, my son in particular, his colleagues in their general practice, and I ran out of quilting material, 100% cotton as recommended, doubled, breathable, strong enough to stop the killer that might take them from us. Do not cry, heart, not yet. But I had run out of fabric and they needed more masks, so I remembered the drawer where the cotton might be, for one reason or another, forgotten. And there it was. Pole qua yalio kufika mungo ndie atake kuongoza. The motto printed across the bottom of the cloth. I used to know what that meant. I knew what it meant when I bought it. Yes, I remember asking because I didn't want to buy something I didn't understand. Yes, there it is. Sympathies for what befell you. God will be your guide. Cry now then. Cry old hard tears. See the wound for what it is. There is a man across the street from the exploded hotel in Nairobi. A Greek, as it happens. I can see he's shouting, but I can't hear. I can't move. I must look as fixed as I feel. And then he runs at me. Yes, runs. I can see with my widened eyes that he's going to run right into me. And he's a heavy Greek, no question. I understand at some level that there's danger in that. But he's here now, and he pushes me. He's big, he's heavy, he's strong. And I fall hard onto the pavement. I'm sure I was hurt, but I don't remember any pain. I do remember looking around to see the wall behind me land on the shadow of myself. And for the first time... I see the smile and apology on his face. See him explain with big gestures. I still can't hear anything. He has remarkably square hands. He wants me to move. He wants to make sure I won't be harmed by debris or boom. A second explosion. Smaller, but somehow more frightening. I jump up. I jump and I run. I have no idea where I am going, but I am not staying here not staying there. The Greek is faster than I am. He gets ahead of me and paces his walk to mine. He slows. I slow. He asks me what's in my bag that I was guarding so tightly. I say, wine. I'm going to a New Year's party. I don't want to turn up empty-handed, do I? Ha! Huh. We laugh. Unbelievably, we laugh. I had forgotten that we laughed, until now. As it bubbles up from beneath the hurt, we will laugh. This is how we survive. But we will cry before we laugh again, held in the safety of your embrace. <laughs>